What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Believe in Lions. I'm your host, Derek Oakry, here on the Believe Podcasting Network. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V, Detroit's number one sports podcasting network, where we believe in our teams. The question is, do you believe? Well, right here on Believe in Lions, I'm going to help you believe in all things Detroit Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe. Now, I'm super fired up about this show. You know, each week we're kind of bringing you something different. So here, once a month, I'm going to get to get on here solo and just talk NFL draft with you. This is going to be my first NFL draft show. So we are going to talk about kind of my first 15, kind of how I have them stacked up real early in the process. You know, we haven't had Senior Bowl. We haven't had the Combine. But uh, get some of those names out there that you, the Detroit Lions fans, can can look at, think about, and I also want to talk about scenarios, teams that may be wanting to trade up for a quarterback, maybe trade up for another player where the Lions can move down, acquire some more picks, and still get a really good quality football player. So we'll talk all about that today on Believe in Lions. Really excited next week. We I'm going to have Logan Lamarandier on the show. He, uh, just a great guy to talk Lions football with. We're going to talk all things Lions. And then that following week, we're going to dive into free agency. I've got a, a special guest there as well. We're going to be talking about uh, the free agents that are on the wire, just starting to dig into that so we can get everybody familiar with maybe who's out there, who the Lions might be looking at, and what might happen as we kind of move forward in that process. So let's not uh, let's not mess around. Let's get right into it. So NFL draft, absolutely my favorite you know, I call it my favorite sporting event of the year, my favorite event just in general. So much intrigue in the NFL draft when it comes to, you know, just who who your favorite team is going to take. Are they going to trade down? Like, you know, who are they going to get at the top of the draft? going to change their football team from years to come. How are they going to move around the draft board? It's just, there's so many storylines. It's so intriguing. It's so fun for the fans and for people out there because we're all trying to gather the information, whether it be, you know, some people listen to a podcast, other people are doing lots of reading research, people are out there, you know, looking at rankings. There's just so many things, but really, it's it's a huge guessing game. I mean, you got everything from medicals to character things you're trying to discern from what we get as fans. NFL teams, you know, are doing all their interviews, all their sit downs with these players, trying to figure out how much they love football and, you know, do they fit their scheme? And I mean, there's guys that out there you think, man, how could they pass on this guy? And an NFL team might not even have that guy anywhere on their draft board because he doesn't fit what they do or they didn't like him in an interview or whatever the case may be. So, so many questions, so many variables. It's just so intriguing. It's just crazy, crazy. So what I'm going to do is just give you these names off the top, my top 15 names that I kind of have stacked as of now. Again, I, I, I'm i still doing my research, create my boards and stuff like that, but you know, the Lions pick at number three. I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed a stud there at three, regardless of how you go. But everybody knows that the ideal scenario is for another team to come up and trade up to Lions at number three, for them to be able to move back and acquire more picks, as well as just, you know, they're, they're not a, a number three picking type football team. I mean, they had a terrible year this past year, losing a lot of close games. Defense really had some issues, but all the fan base and a lot of people out there are acting like this team has no talent, and that's just not the case. The Detroit Lions have offensive talent, bringing in Daryl Bevel as the coordinator. 
you know, he was able to bring a lot to this offense in year one. It'd only be better in year two. You know, they were hampered with no starting top-end quarterback for the the, the final um, eight, nine games, whatever it was of the season, which really hampered them. Also losing guys like TJ Hawkinson, Marvin Jones, you know, had a lot of defenders in and out. So, you know, I just think people are forgetting. And again, people say, well, where's this talent? And I just ramble off names like Stafford, Carrion, Marvin, Galladay, Hawkinson, a decent offensive line, go with the defensive side, you know, depending on what Snacks does. You got him, you got uh, Trey Flowers, you got Deshaun Hand, you've got Tavai, who had a pretty good year as a rookie. You're, you're going outside. You got big play slay on the outside. You know, you go to our back end. You've got uh, Tracy Walker really coming into his own as a young stud at the age of 23 years old or so. Will Harris got a lot of playing time last year. I think he can be a top quality player. So, so the Lions, you know, have young players. They have players that have got some snaps now, and now they're picking at number three, and they're going to get a healthy squad back as well as a, a quarterback that can make every throw in the game has a great head on his shoulders and is is right where he needs to be, I think is ready to lead this team, except for, you know, he's getting around some injuries and, and those happen in the NFL. I mean, everybody wrote Stafford off early in his career when he had two bad injuries. Now he's had a couple other injuries 10 years later and everybody's acting like, oh, he's done, you know, put retire, get, get somebody new. So I, I think they got all the, the key pieces and need to just add some more, both in free agency and the draft. So in the draft, you know, the top, top player on everybody's board right now basically is Joe Burrow. The this guy there's a few people questioning him of just saying like, well, you know, Joe Burrow never really could even start at you know, at Ohio State and you know, he just came on the scene in one year. I mean, anybody that watched Joe Burrow this year, he makes every throw. He's big and athletic enough to run. He's got that swag that you want at the quarterback position. I mean, I got really no doubts. This guy's going to turn into a really top-end starter in the NFL. Now, is he going to be, you know, in that top five? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I'd put him in that top 10, top 8 type category once he gets rolling and once uh, Cincinnati gets their team reformatted. But uh, Joe Burrow, yeah, top of the board, uh, really, really good football player. Um, at number two, I've had some battles with people on this guy. I mean, Chase Young is at number two for me. This is a guy that could easily be at number one, uh, you know, but again, quarterback's a premier in the NFL. And uh, I, I just felt like I put uh, Young there at two. He, he's stout. He can get off. He's got speed off the edge. He, he's got the production. People question his production in big games. I mean, what, what's he supposed to have? Three sacks every time he plays a, a good team to prove it to people? I mean, I'm sure they schemed up against him, and I'm sure, you know, you're just looking at this guy in the jersey. I'm pretty sure he can get it done at, at a really high level. People are calling him a generational talent, better than the Boses. I'm right there with all those people. Chase Young is a turn in the card. Don't even think about it, anything, if he's there for at three for the Detroit Lions. Uh, my third player right now, even though he's got injury concerns, is going to be Tua. Uh, Tua's a, the type of guy, just from his production, from the type of kids you're getting, character and everything, I feel like he's got to be there. I, I, I can see him slipping down in the first round, into the mid of first round, depending on medicals and depending on you know what teams are willing to give up or where to go to get him. But you're going to get a great player as long as he has no long-term health concerns. He's... Just the, the prototypical guy you want in your locker room as well as, I mean, I don't know, his college tape just does not lie. Now, 
to me, lefty quarterbacks always look weird for some reason. I'm, I'm really not sure why, but it just, it's just the case. Uh, I think that he, he throws a bit of a kind of a, you know, a, anticipate. He throws with anticipation, you know, almost like a Drew Brees, where he's not going to wow you with all these different arm slots and, and crazy throws like Pat Mahomes, Matt Stafford, you know, some of these guys. But, I mean, he just throws an anticipation. He puts the ball right on people. He's a tremendous leader, like I said. Just the, the, the kind of guy you want as the captain of your football team. So, I mean, I got him at three. Again, some of these rankings are sort of skewed, too, for the Lions. But also, you know, I'm throwing the QBs. I'm throwing people in there to sort of give you that, that overall feel. At number four, man, I had to put this guy there just because... I value this position so much, and I feel like the top of the draft, you want to get um, what I call pillars. You know, you want quarterbacks, left tackles, defensive ends, um, just really stout, big-type football players, even guys on the inside, whether it be uh, defensive tackles that can get after the quarterback. Um, that's what I'm taking when I have these top five type selections. So Andrew Thomas, the left tackle, big fella out of Georgia is my guy at number four. I just think he's a, he's a big old nasty guy in the run game. You know, he, he's so big that he sometimes has issues in, in pass protection, but overall just a really stout player over there. I mean, I think the, the biggest issue for Detroit Lions fans with Taylor Decker is that he gets beat with speed sometimes. And he also is not the, the toughest guy, you know, he's not the, the bully out there on the left tackle, whereas I think Andrew Thomas would be able to just bulldoze people in the run game and be more than, more than, I don't even want to say more than serviceable. He, I think he can be elite when it comes to pass protection once he's kind of in an NFL scheme, once he gets his feet under him, uh, no pun intended. So, and I got Andrew Thomas at four. Uh, number five, and I fall in love with this guy. At first, I kind of wrote him off because I was like, uh, you know, if you got a defensive tackle high, he better be able to get after the quarterback and better be special. I've watched Derek Brown. I got Derek Brown at five. Uh, he He's special, man. The uh, defensive tackle out of Auburn. I, man, I believe in this guy. I really do. I believe, I believe, I believe. Derek Brown, to me, when I watched him, I mean, he has these long levers for arms. He he gets off the snap. Every time I watched him, it felt like he's one of those players like Aaron Donald where he's just so quick and so explosive that he's playing on the inside, too, that it's really hard to keep him in front of you. He's getting in the backfield, even when he's not making plays. On the football, he's affecting the play. So Derek Brown is a, gosh, he's a, a top five player, I think, in this draft, as well as a guy that even though the position isn't my favorite, I think he can penetrate as well as just what I've seen from an athletic perspective. You don't find many big guys with long arms that can run, hit, and are explosive like him. So Derek Brown at number five for me. My sixth player that I have, again, this is kind of where it gets, you You could pick um, one, one or the other. Uh, I mean, at six, uh, and I'm torn even on my own list with this, but I mean, I guess at six, I'm going to go with Akuda, the corner out of uh, Ohio State. I, I like what he brings. I think he's a cover corner. I think he's a little bit physical too, which I like. He's He's come from winning program, which I like. I'm just not big on taking corners that high, and I'm a guy that's been banging the table year after year saying, the Lions never spend top picks on corners. I don't know how they think they can guard people when they have these guys off the street. They're taking guys in the fourth, fifth round. But 
if I take in a guy in the top five or top ten of the draft, he's got to be special. He's got to get his hands on footballs. He's got to score touchdowns. He's got to lock people down. And as good as Akuda is, it's just hard for me to put him up there at, at six. But that's kind of where I have him in this mix. The the next guy I have, again, is another guy that's hard for me at, at number seven. I mean, I'm going to put Jerry Judy at number seven. Uh, you know, people have him, you know, in the top handful of players. You know, people are as big debate in Detroit about, oh, what about Jerry Judy to the Lions, you know, if they're stuck or if they pick in the three or even if they trade down a couple spots because he'd be great with Kenny Galladay and they don't have a bunch of receivers under contract. Jerry Judy's good. He's an absolute ankle breaker of a route runner. He can he can beat you with speed. He can beat you with his moves. But to me, he's not a he's not a cornerstone piece that you put on your football team. He's he's a guy that goes from ten to you know twelve or fifteen and makes a a pretty good team really good or makes an offense extra explosive. But I'm not taking Jerry Judy if I'm the Detroit Lions. But I like what I see. I mean, he really has a great college resume and put up great against my Wolverines, but I just can't do it. So still got him, though, at number seven there. Um, Again, it still gets hard here in the middle of the draft. I mean, at number eight overall, I've got to put this guy up there. And again, it's kind of a tweener position, but I think he's that special. I could have even had him over Okuda or Judy. I loved what I saw from his movement ability, and that's um, Simmons from from Clemson. I I think this guy can. It's crazy. Like I look at different rankings and lists, and he's linebacker and he's safety. And I mean, when I saw a lot of his tape, it felt like he was he was more of a a roving player, you know, just all over the football field. Like he was seemed to be more of a safety that would come down in the box, cover people, run and hit, but he's he's listed as a linebacker in a lot of spots I mean I think Justin Simmons is a guy that just the way he moves on the field the way he gets after players the way that I think he could impact the game here in 2020 you know a game that's a lot more wide open a game where you have to be able to cover tight ends and and crossing players and people with different skill sets I think Simmons would be incredible for the Lions in that perspective. But again, it's just hard because of they got to have a plan for him if you take a guy like that. And he's got to be at the top of his game to justify the selection if you're taking him, you know, in that top eight or so. The next guy I have is a guy I love. I just don't know where he's going to go when, when you break it all down. I mean, I've got uh, Epineza from uh, from Iowa there, big defensive end. This guy to me is... I'm curious to see how he tests. I feel like it's a guy that he's stout. He can kind of get after the quarterback, but I don't see special traits. You know, I don't see him just being able to beat people physically in the NFL. I feel like he'll be more of that scheme guy, a guy that won't hurt your team, but also is going to be tough to sort of just win outright um, down after down. I think he's just that really... This is where I struggle because with Trey Flowers, I feel like Trey Flowers is really stout, um, a, a guy that's, like I said, is just long long uh, arms, just the ability to hold the point of attack, get after the quarterback when he can, but he's not elitely special either from a physical perspective in some ways, whereas if you put Epineza on the other side of him, that could either be a really nice combo because they're just really quality football players, 
But in my dream scenario, I'd love a freaky edge guy on the other side that can really bend, dip, get after the quarterback, you know, win just based on speed, athleticism, and then let hand, you know, Aquara, Flowers, you know, depending on who else we get at DT, sort of take care of the meat and potatoes. But I'm looking for that ridiculous athlete. But Epineza, I love what I see from him. Just a really uh, uh, grindy guy. guy that really just seemed to always be after the quarterback when I watch him. Let's see here. After, after that, I mean, this is a guy that I still need to watch a little bit more. But I just think, I, I heard there were some things too. I'm not sure if he declared yet. People were sure he was going to declare and then it was unsure. So I kind of bumped him down a few spots just because of that. See where he falls or if he does come out in this draft. But um, Werfs, the uh, offensive tackle for Iowa. So I got two Iowa boys back to back. I mean, they always produce, you know, solid uh, NFL prospects. I, I feel like, you know, offensive tackle is still crazy value and, and could help the Lions in some degrees as well as any NFL team he goes to. So I put Werfs there. After that, I had I had Justin Herbert. I mean, this is another guy that's really polarizing, a guy that some people love and some people think, eh, maybe, maybe you take him and sort of let him sit there for a year and then he's a top-end quarterback. I think... I mean, he can, he's a rocket for an arm. He can run. He, he, he's very smart. He's done really well at the NFL level. You know, was projected as one of the top picks had he come out the year prior. Now he can't went back to school, sort of hurt himself. But, you know, to me, Justin Herbert has everything you look for. And then I've just heard some weird things about his leadership. I guess he's a really quirky kind of introverted guy, yet his teammates love him. And is he that alpha? Is he that guy that leads your team? I'm not sure. But again, the quarterback position is going to be elevated. So I put Herbert there. The next guy I have is a, a guy, again, I need to do some more work on. Another offensive tackle out of Alabama. Uh, Wills. Um, gosh, this guy... He's got all the potential in the world to be even higher than this, you know, in that top eight, top five type range. But I just need to do a little more work on him as well as kind of see where he's at as a prospect. But he's got everything you look for from feet to power to ability and could be really special. I just have him down here more uh, more towards the bottom of my list. Uh, after Wills, I've got uh, Delpit. Uh, from LSU, Delpit to me is a guy that I just love what he brings. I mean, if the Lions could acquire a couple more picks and move down and get a guy like this, I just think he's a hard-hitting, nasty football player. Yeah, he's got the knock against him that he misses tackles. Yeah, you know, people kind of devalue safeties, but I think safeties are really nice because they can help you in the run game. They can help you in the pass game. They, if they're good enough, they can even drop down and, and cover wide receivers, tight ends, even running backs, which is really valuable for that versatility the Lions look for. So Delpit, to me, if he get his tackling issues figured out, I think he's still a, a mid-first-round type player that has a lot of explosiveness and really fun to watch. Um, at 14 here, I've got C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb is a guy that... Everybody loves his college player, and he kind of everyone's trying to figure out. But when it's all said and done, don't be surprised if if C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy are are fighting for that wide receiver one. I mean, I think everybody just has Judy heads and shoulders above them. But C.D. Lamb to me is a wide receiver one type body, the kind of guy that can go up and get it, just absolutely dominate physically, and that's what a lot of NFL teams like. And uh, I think he really could be special at the next level. So, you know, keep an eye out of CeeDee Lamb out of Oklahoma. And 
the last guy on my top 15 right now, again, there's lots of other names you could br- put, bring up. This is another guy I put on my bottom of my top 15 because he's sort of down the list and being forgotten about a lot, but I think he's got crazy special traits and he could even be close to Derek Brown when it's all said and done from an athletic and just a, a ranking perspective. So I've got Kinlaw, uh, the defensive tackle. I think he's got everything you look for and really explosive. So again, if the Lions could trade down, yeah, maybe they miss out on Derek Brown. Maybe they can't get their hands on Chase Young because he went before them. But if they slide down, you know, uh, middle of the round or, or X amount of spots, you know, getting a Delpit, getting a Kinlaw and adding to other positions, I think is really interesting. So that's kind of where I'm at just really early in the process. Obviously you have to see how these guys do, see how they test all those types of things. But those are the players that I believe in as of now. I believe, I believe, I believe. All right. So we got you that off the top. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you other teams I'm looking at the Lions could trade with that might be quarterback hungry and kind of talk through that a little bit. So uh, we'll be right back right after this. Detroit Lions fans, uh, while we're taking this quick break, I just want to remind you about a couple quick things. The podcast Believe in Lions is now up on all the different podcast platforms so itunes spotify google play stitcher luminary TuneIn, and all the other podcast platforms that you'd imagine if you could please do me a big favor and go to those and uh, hit that subscribe button on your favorite platform we'd love it if you leave us a review rate or review the show leave us a question when you do that uh, shout out the show tell us what you like tell us things that you want to hear more of we'll definitely bring that to you with this being the uh, the fans podcast as well as a, a podcast where we believe in the Detroit Lions so please do all that one other quick reminder if you want to advertise on the show Please contact Believe at Believe.com and they can set you up with all types of great sponsorships and opportunities. Be a sponsor right here on Believe in Lions where we are going to be up and rolling in 2020. Watch out for this football team. Going to do some big things. So want to get that in here in the break. I can't thank everybody enough for the support. I love being on the Believe Podcast Network. It's been great. Everything moving forward is going to be tremendous. This football team's going to get it turned around, and it's going to be really, really exciting to watch, listen to, and be a part of. So thank you guys so much. All right, everybody, we're back. So we talked about uh, the draft in general. We talked about kind of my top 15. You know, the guys I'm really keying on for the Lions would be Chase Young, maybe Andrew Thomas, Derek Brown, Akuda. You know, Epineza, Simmons, and then if you get down deeper with the trade back, which I'm going to talk about here in a moment, Delpit, Kinlaw, those are kind of my top guys right now that I'm kind of eyeing. So, so let's look at some teams that might want to trade up, which would be, we talk about this every year. Everybody, you know, always talks about trade up, acts like it's so easy to do. You got to have a dance partner, but the way that I deal with the NFL draft, man, a trade back is always clutch. It's always key. It's always what you want to do when you really break it down and look at it. Any trade backs, you know, when you're getting multiple picks just to move back, when you really do the math and go back and look at who those guys got versus, you know, the one player or so that they gave up, 
it always works. I, I know I was joking with Frank Ribble, you know, my fantasy show this year. He's asking about these trades where he can get like three for one or, you know, should I give up so-and-so and get these three guys back? Yes. You know, yes. Go get three for one almost every time in fantasy football as well as the NFL draft. So, you know, when I'm looking at it, you know, the Miami Dolphins at number five, if the Lions could go from three to five, and pick up some extra picks, that's pretty much the ideal scenario. I think Tua would look great in Miami Dolphins uniform. I think he fits, you know, that type of culture down there in Miami that they're building as well as they really do need a franchise quarterback. Perfect scenario, too, to have Fitzpatrick there so they could trade up, get Tua, deal with his medicals, maybe hang on, you know, let him sit for a year, let Fitzy do his thing. And then in 2021, they're up and rolling with a much better roster, probably hopefully a better, you know, offensive line and two are ready to roll. The nice part too about the Miami Dolphins, they have the number 18, the number 27, and the number 39 pick as well as number 56. So however you want to break it down, I mean, you want to give me... Um, you want to give me a first and a high second, I'd probably do it. I'm only moving two spots. You want to give me a couple firsts, uh, how quickly can we do this? You want to give me, you know, your, your pick at five and then, you know, 39 and 56. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to do that as well. Cause like I say, all those situations, you're going to come out better as a football team. And Bob Quinn needs to get this done because I'm tired of him sitting there saying, well, a lot of discussions, you know, we, uh, we, we, we talk to some teams, but he never gets anything done. So it's like, come on, bro. Bruh. Um, Bob Quinn needs to get this done this year. Cause look at all these teams he's going to have to work with. Number six, the LA chargers could definitely use a, um, you know, quarterback, future quarterback, as well as uh, could be a candidate to trade up. Number seven, the Carolina Panthers. You don't think Rule, the new coach there, is looking for his quarterback, his dynamic playmaker, and that crazy offense he's going to want to run down there? Of course he is. Uh, another great one. This is my favorite, though, right here. Uh, the favorite dark horse, if we can't get something done with Miami. The Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> John Gruden. You know John Gruden is going to fall in love with Tua or Justin Herbert. There's no doubt about it. They've got the number 11 pick and the number 19 pick, as well as plenty of future assets uh, when it comes to draft picks. Um, do all you can to just fool John Gruden into a stupid trade here so he can get his quarterback. Um, I think that's tremendous that that could happen. You got the Colts at 13. They obviously have uh, Jacoby Brissett, but they'll be looking for a new quarterback that they can uh, put in that role. Number 14, you got Tampa Bay. Okay, yeah, they they've seen some good things from Jameis Winston. Winston. They've also seen him go colorblind and throw the ball to the other team way too much. So I'm sure they're looking for a top signal caller. Here's my other dark horse. And, and people may say I'm crazy for this, but like, keep your ears on this and remind, remember this podcast. The the Cowboys did not pay Dak Prescott yet. They've strung him along. You know, they've sort of just kind of dangled whatever they've dangled in front of him to get him to continue to play football and not worry about his paycheck. Do not be surprised if the Dallas Cowboys at number 17 are itching for a top end new rookie type quarterback allowing them then to pay Amari and other football players but keep the nucleus of that intact I mean it sounds crazy to say Dak Prescott could be playing somewhere else and could be a franchise quarterback for another team but 
I, I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, I think it could be the ultimate okey-doke where they tell them they're going to take care of them, they're going to take care of them, and then all of a sudden they just don't take care of them, and they go ahead and just trade up, or they boot him out for somebody else at that point in the draft, or like I say, with the trade-up. So keep an eye on the Cowboys. Number 23, the New England Patriots. Who knows what's going to happen there? I mean, I think the most likely scenario is that Tom Brady will stay there. You know, they will pay him a nice sum. He will stay there for another couple years, if not three years, and kind of see if they can uh, continue that process. I feel like Tom Brady's the type of guy where you almost can't see him in another uniform. You just want him to finish his career there. But they could still draft or trade up to get the heir apparent. I think that's at least on the table for those guys. Good good relationship between the Lions and uh, the Patriots. I don't know if you guys have heard that before. Um, number 24, the New Orleans Saints. They have uh, Drew Brees and Teddy White Gloves. And both of those guys, I believe, are not under contract. So Sean Payton is always very aggressive. He sees a guy he likes. He could come up and trade for that football player. I think he's another team that you could um, consider consider trading with. And then number 25, this is everybody's darling right now in the playoffs. And I can't stand this team. You really think you're going to you're going to pay Ryan Tannehill a bunch of money? There's no way I would allow him to be my quarterback anywhere past this season. Okay, he's had a nice run. Congratulations. Like I'm going to get myself a top-end flight future quarterback. So, you know, I'll be shocked almost if if they go ahead and pony up money for Ryan Tannehill who's never been good until this last little run he's had there on this playoff push. So, you know, I've got them in the mix as well and probably some other dark horse teams, but to me that's, you know, 1 2 3 6, that's 10 teams basically right there the Lions could deal with and everybody's talking about just the Miamis and the Chargers and, you know, maybe the Raiders, but I'm I'm willing to deal down to any of those spots. I mean, you're giving me an extra first rounder, you're giving me um, second and third rounders, which to me are gold. You're giving me a future number ones. I mean, all those things I'm willing to consider to get out of number three because, as you can see on my top 15 list, there's probably, you know, 12 to, you know, 8 to 12 players on that list I'd be totally fine with that can help this team right away. That could be better value if you move down instead of just sitting there. I mean, if you do not do what's right, you could be sitting there just with your hands in your pockets going, well, I guess we got to make a th- pick here three. And then you just reach for a guy or you get a guy that's, yeah, he's still going to be good or whatever. But you're just not maximizing value. You're not doing what's best for the football team in that scenario. And I think, you know, you have to know the board. You have to know trade value. And that comes to looking at it and saying, yes, we love this player, but we could get a similar guy 10 picks later. Yeah, we love this guy, but we're getting an extra first and an early to mid second. Look at what that's going to do for our depth, our overall bit of the football team. And again, you go back and do some research. I think trading in the draft is how teams get ahead. You know, they trade Seattle Seahawks, always trading back. The New England Patriots, always trading back. You know, that's how you acquire picks. That's how you get the depth. That's how you... Like, I don't have it right in front of me, but I'll have to talk on one of these shows about kind of draft salaries. Like, the top 10 picks are still, you know, pricey, but it's not like it used to be. But, man, you get into those second and third rounds, you're paying these guys nothing. I mean, Kenny Galladay got picked in the, what, mid-third round? And here we are at year, his final year of his deal. I think he's still making a million bucks, you know, a year. It's crazy, right? So, like, that's why I always say second third round is such gold because there's still great players there. 
and the salaries are so reduced from the mid top of the first round that it's like it's like stealing i mean you're just taking picks saying man if this guy blows up i've got him for four or five years at a million bucks every year instead of you know paying free agents or, or kind of you know just paying these absorbent sums for players the draft is where you just get bargains and and get cheap value everywhere and these guys with unlimited upside you take a guy at the top of the second round he might end up being an all pro and for f- half a decade you have him basically locked up for pennies on the dollar so that's why i love the draft i think it's so intriguing i think it's so important so Everybody, uh, th- that's going to do it here for my first draft show of the year. I could talk for another two hours about the draft, break down all scenarios, but I just want to give you kind of this big global kind of overview from a, from the top down, just saying, like, those are some names I want you to know. Gave you a little bit of summary on the players, kind of what I think about really early in the process. I gave you 10-plus teams the Lions could trade with, teams that need quarterbacks, teams that – are going to look to move up because there's going to be a stud sitting there at three. There's no doubt about it, whether it's Tua, you know, whether it's one of these other top football players. And, I mean, Tua, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, we're guaranteed one of those three. And those are all three players that people would be more than willing to trade up for, except for if Chase Young is there, then you turn the card in and you just thank your lucky stars. Put him on the other side of um, Trey Flowers. And you let those guys eat for the next three to four years and absolutely change the face of your defense. If that doesn't happen, you call every team. This is what I'll leave on right here. People keep saying, you know, the only way to make a trade is you got to fool people that you love to. My take has consistently been the way that you trade out of number three is you tell if you're Bob Quinn, you start this at the senior bowl at the combine, you say, we feel like we have a good football team. We had a terrible season last year. We can easily take a top player at the top three, but we are going to trade that pick. Um, just make it known. We're going to trade it. And it's either going to be to you or it's going to be to another team. And we're going to trade it at the last minute, and we're going to trade it to the top team, top offer that we get regardless. We're not going to not going to overly balk at it. We're not going to sit there and overthink it. When come draft day, if we have a, um, the top offer on the table, we're going to take that offer, whether it be early in the day or when we're on the clock, whatever it may be, and we're going to move this draft pick. And you let people know that early in the process. And so they can fight over it. And people say, well, if we know you're going to trade it, why would we just all not say, oh, forget it. We'll just we'll just sit there and, and let you not trade it and, and throw you off your plan. Because... If you want two of that bad, if he's there, or if you want another football player, again, probably the caveat would be, I'd say, if if Chase Young's there, we're not trading it. Anybody else is there, it will be dealt. Because everybody knows in like their fantasy football leagues or in general. Like If you know you can get a deal on a car, but you know there's 10 other people that also are interested in that car, it's pretty much a race to who says yes first, who gets the deal done, whatever. And you know a lot of times you cannot wait because that thing, that car will be gone. Same thing in the NFL. If you let a bunch of people know you're going to trade the draft pick and they got to come with their best offer to get it done, you're putting at least five to six teams on notice that, hey, you know, if you if you dally around, if you try to hold me up, if you try to make me wait till the last second, I, I'm going to trade to the Raiders, you know, and, and Indy, and my, Miami, L.A., Chargers, you're going to lose them. But... 
if you guys stop messing around and pony up right away, hey, we get a deal done early in the process, you know, if the price is right. So to me, that's how you put leverage on them. That's how you get what you want because nobody really buys that the Lions could deal, um, could select a quarterback. I, I think if they went up to the podium and said that, I would somewhat understand it because I'm not a guy in the draft that loves to just pass up talent. Say, oh, well, we got our quarterback, Matt Stafford. He'll be okay. Like, if you love Tua as a football player and you think he can be the quarterback for the next decade for the Detroit Lions, I mean, I got no issues really with you taking him. But I think everybody that is honest with where this team is, how they're in win-now mode, how they need to get it turned around, Matt Stafford's like just barely over 30, 32 probably when next season starts. And he wants to play, says he wants to play for a long time. Like, I don't see, and I'm not talking like, oh, he's going to play till 43 like Tom Brady. But why can Matt Stafford not play for, you know, uh, another five quality years? He's got a rocket arm. He can make every throw. He can run under the gun. Uh, He can go play action. He can wing it all around the field. If you give him a run game and a line, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to hand it off and run that. He can throw it deep. He could throw it short. He can do it all. So, like, I think everybody that's honest with themselves says the best case scenario for the Lions would be to – have a healthy Matt Stafford next year to beef up that defense as well as add another playmaker or two and take a run at it. Because as bad as everybody is assuming that they were, if they have their full roster minus, you know, a few injuries here or there, which everybody has, I think they're in the mix for this division, not only last year, but definitely in 2020 when they're adding more free agents, they've got cap space and they're ready to roll. So, hey, like I say, man, I believe. I believe. I believe in the Lions. I believe. I believe in Bob Quinn. I believe. I believe in Matt Pat. I believe. And I believe they will get it done here in the NFL draft. They will add in free agency. And I cannot wait to dig into this draft much deeper in future episodes. And love just doing the Believe and Lions. Uh, I'm going to get up out of here. We'll check you guys next week where I'm talking all things Lions. With Logan Lamarandier. I can't wait to do it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll check you later. I'm out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.